everyone, and Lizzie here again. I so want to bring a smile to your lips and a warmth to your heart by dishing up some of the fun from behind my bifocals with humorous and uplifting stories. Well, I don't intend to go on forever. These podcasts are planned to be short and sweet. Sometimes though, folks, I do get carried away. This week, we're going to have some fun with dogs. We'll have a story about an old German shepherd and what the meaning of old is. And then a father, daughter, and a dog, and the perks of being over 60. Now, the one about the father, daughter, and a dog is rather lengthy, but it's so heartwarming, I couldn't resist putting it in here. I love uplifting stories, so hang around with me, perhaps get a hanky ready, just in case. I do love dogs, so here's a good lesson for you dog lovers out there. Don't mess with dogs. One day, an old German shepherd starts chasing rabbits and before long discovers that he's lost. Wandering about, he notices a panther heading rapidly in his direction with the intention of having lunch. The old German shepherd thinks, oh, oh, I'm in deep trouble now. Noticing some bones on the ground close by, he immediately settles down to chew on the bones with his back to the approaching cat. Just as the panther is about to leap, the old German shepherd exclaims loudly, Oh boy, that was one delicious panther. I wonder if there are any more around here. Hearing this, the young panther halts his attack in mid-strike. A look of terror comes over him and he slinks away into the trees. Says the panther, that was close. That old German shepherd nearly had me. Meanwhile, A squirrel who had been watching the whole scene from a nearby tree figures he can put this knowledge to good use and trade it for protection from the panther. So off he goes. The squirrel soon catches up with the panther, spills the beans and strikes a deal for himself with the panther. The young panther's furious at being made a fool of and says, here squirrel, hop on my back and see what's going to happen to that conniving canine. Now the old German shepherd sees the panther coming with the squirrel on his back and thinks, what am I going to do now? But instead of running, the dog sits down with his back to his attackers, pretending he hasn't seen them yet. And just when they get close enough to hear, the old German shepherd says, where's that squirrel? I sent him off an hour ago to bring me another panther. So the moral of this story, don't mess with the old dogs. Age and skill will always overcome youth and treachery. Brilliance only comes with age and experience. I never thought about getting old, but perhaps I've experienced one or two of these myself. Just saying. Old is when your friends compliment you on your new lizard sandals and your barefoot. Old is when an all-nighter means not getting up to pee. Old is when getting a little action means I don't need to take any fiber today. Old is when you're cautioned to slow down by the doctor instead of by the police. This is a beautiful story by Catherine Moore and just maybe you ought to have a hanky ready. A father and daughter and a dog story by Catherine Moore. Watch out. You nearly broadsided that car, my father yelled at me. Can't you do anything right? 
though his words hurt worse than blows. I turned my head toward the elderly man in the seat beside me, daring me to challenge him. A lump rose in my throat as I averted my eyes. I wasn't prepared for another battle. I saw the car, Dad. Please don't yell at me when I'm driving. My voice was measured and steady, sounding far calmer than I really felt. Dad glared at me, then turned away and settled back. At home, I left Dad in front of the television and went outside to collect my thoughts. Dark, heavy clouds hung in the air with a promise of rain. The rumble of distant thunder seemed to echo my inner turmoil. What could I do about him? Dad had been a lumberjack in Washington and Oregon. He had enjoyed being outdoors and had reveled in pitting his strength against the forces of nature. He had entered grueling lumberjack competitions and had placed often. The shelves in his house were filled with trophies that attested to his prowess. The years marched on relentlessly. The first time he couldn't lift a heavy log, he joked about it. But later that same day, I saw him outside alone, straining to lift it. He became irritable whenever anyone teased him about his advancing age or when he couldn't do something he had done as a younger man. Four days after his 67th birthday, he had a heart attack. An ambulance sped him to the hospital while a paramedic administered CPR to keep blood and oxygen flowing. At the hospital, Dad was rushed into an operating room. He was lucky. He survived. But something inside Dad died. His zest for life was gone. He obstinately refused to follow doctor's orders. Suggestions and offers of help were turned aside with sarcasm and insult. The number of visitors thinned then finally stopped altogether. Dad was left alone. My husband Dick and I asked Dad to come live with us on our small farm. We hoped the fresh air and rustic atmosphere would help him adjust. Within a week after he moved in, I regretted the invitation. It seemed nothing was satisfactory. He criticized everything I did. I became frustrated and moody. Soon I was taking my pent-up anger out on Dick. We began to bicker and argue. Alarmed, Dick sought out our pastor and explained the situation. The clergyman set up weekly counseling appointments for us. At the close of each session, he prayed, asking God to soothe Dad's troubled mind. But the months wore on and God was silent. Something had to be done, and it was up to me to do it. The next day, I sat down with a phone book and methodically called each of the mental health clinics listed in the yellow pages. I explained my problem to each of the sympathetic voices that answered in vain. Just when I was giving up hope, one of the voices suddenly exclaimed, I just read something that might help you. Let me go get the article. I listened as she read. The article described a remarkable study down at a nursing home. All of the patients were under treatment for chronic depression, yet their attitudes had improved dramatically when they were given responsibility for a dog. I drove to the animal shelter that afternoon. After I filled out a questionnaire, a uniformed officer led me to the kennels. The odor of disinfectant stung my nostrils as I moved down the row of pens. Each contained five to seven dogs. Long-haired dogs, curly-haired dogs, black dogs, spotted dogs, all jumped up, trying to reach me. I studied each one, re rejected one after the other for various reasons. Too big, too small, too much hair. As I neared the last pen, a dog in the shadows of the far corner struggled to his feet, walked to the front of the run and sat down. It was a pointer. 
one of the dog world's aristocrats, but this was a caricature of the breed. Years had etched his face and muzzle with shades of gray. His hip bones jutted out in lopsided triangles, but it was his eyes that caught and held my attention. Calm and clear, they beheld me unwaveringly. I pointed to the dog. Can you tell me about him? The officer looked and shook his head in puzzlement. He's a funny one. Appeared out of nowhere and sat in front of the gate. We brought him in, figuring someone would be right down to claim him. That was two weeks ago, and we've heard nothing. His time is up tomorrow, he gestured helplessly. As the words sank in, I turned to the man in horror. You mean you're going to kill him? Ma'am, he said gently, that's our policy. We don't have room for every unclaimed dog. I looked at the pointer again. The calm brown eyes awaited my decision. I'll take him, I said. I drove home with the dog on the front seat beside me. When I reached the house, I honked the horn twice. I was helping my prize out of the car when Dad shuffled onto the front porch. Ta-da! Look what I've got for you, Dad, I said excitedly. Dad looked, then wrinkled his face in disgust. If I had wanted a dog, I would have gotten one, and I would have picked out a better specimen than that bag of bones. Keep it. I don't want it. Dad waved his arm scornfully and turned back toward the house. Anger rose inside me. It squeezed together my throat muscles and pounded into my temples. You better get used to him, Dad. He's staying. Dad ignored me. Did you hear me, Dad? I screamed. At those words, Dad whirled angrily, his hands clenched at his side, his eyes narrowed and blazing with hate. We stood glaring at each other like duelists when suddenly the pointer pulled free from my grasp. He wobbled toward my dad and sat down in front of him. Then slowly, carefully, he raised his paw. Dad's lower jaw trembled as he stared at the uplifted paw. Confusion replaced the anger in his eyes. The pointer waited patiently. Then Dad was on his knees hugging the animal. It was the beginning of a warm and intimate friendship. Dad named the pointer Cheyenne. Together, he and Cheyenne explored the community. They spent long hours walking down dusty lanes. They spent reflective moments on the banks of streams and angling for tasty trout. They even started to attend Sunday services together, Dad sitting in a pew and Cheyenne lying quietly at his feet. Dad and Cheyenne were inseparable throughout the next three years. Dad's bitterness faded and he and Cheyenne made many friends. Then late one night, I was startled to feel Cheyenne's cold nose burrowing through our bed covers. He had never before come into our bedroom at night. I woke Dick, put on my robe, and ran into my father's room. Dad lay in his bed, his face serene, but his spirit had left quietly sometime during the night. Two days later, my shock and grief deepened when I discovered Cheyenne lying dead beside Dad's bed. I wrapped his still form in the rag rug he had slept on. As Dick and I buried him near a favorite fishing hole, I silently thanked the dog for the help he had given me in restoring Dad's peace of mind. The morning of Dad's funeral dawned overcast and dreary. This day looks like the way I feel, I thought, as I walked down the aisle to the pews reserved for family. I was surprised to see the many friends Dad and Cheyenne had made filling the church. The pastor began his eulogy. It was a tribute to both dad and the dog who had changed his life. And then the pastor turned to Hebrews 13 too. 
do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. I've often thanked God for sending that angel, he said. For me, the past dropped into place, completing a puzzle that I had not seen before. The sympathetic voice that had just read the right article, Cheyenne's unexpected appearance at the animal shelter, his calm acceptance and complete devotion to my father and the proximity of their deaths. And suddenly I understood. I knew that God had answered my prayers after all. Now here's some perks of being over 60. For some, getting older sucks, but for me, there's so many blessings. I remember when my husband turned 60. Boy, oh boy, he was depressed and thought his life was at an end. I tried to convince him of all the benefits, like one, kidnappers are not very interested in you. Two, in a hostage situation, you're likely to be released first. Three, no one expects you to run anywhere. Four, people call at 9 p.m. and ask, did I wake you? Five, there's nothing left to learn the hard way. Six, things you buy now won't wear out. Seven, you enjoy hearing about other people's operations. Eight, you get into heated arguments about pension plans. Nine, you have a party and the neighbors don't even realize it. Ten, you sing along with elevator music. Eleven, your joints are more accurate meteorologists than the National Weather Service. Twelve, your secrets are safe with your friends because they can't remember them either. Thirteen, your supply of brain cells is finally down to manageable size. 14. Your investment in health insurance is finally beginning to pay off. I'd love to hear from you, and if you would, please send me an email at liz at lizunderhill.com if you have some stories of your own that would be uplifting to our listeners and would like to share. I promise not to harass you with tons of emails wanting you to buy anything and I'll keep your email safe. Don't forget to subscribe to the chatterbox at www.lifewithauntlizzie.com to get your free personal subscription before it goes online. Meanwhile, take care, keep smiling, until the next time, bye for now.